Hello, friend. I'm Mike McCurry. You are listening to the Bible Tract Echoes radio broadcast, and I'm very thankful that you are. Greatly appreciate the fact that you would take a portion of your day and spend it right here with me. I'm going to encourage you to grab your Bibles. I'd like you to read along and follow along with the scripture today. I made mention yesterday, and I'll reiterate, that what we discuss today, I believe, could be a help to every relationship you have. Maybe the husband and the wife relationship, your spouse and yourself, you're having a little bit of a struggle lately. I hope that's not the case, but if it is, could you tune in? Tune your heart, tune your ears to what we discussed today. Maybe the parent and child. I'm not just talking about teenagers. Maybe child, you're having a problem with an elderly parent. You know, I was just talking to someone not long ago. They texted in. I'll give you a text number. If you need to communicate with me for any reason, please don't hesitate. But they texted in and asked me to pray. Every Monday or thereabouts, we have a staff meeting here at Bible Tracks Incorporated. And we bring up prayer requests from partners just like you. If you have a prayer request, again, I'll give you that text number. But his request, his ask for me, was for me to pray about his relationship with his father. Now, you may think, oh, was this a teenager? Was this a young man? No. He was a man with an 88-year-old father. And there's a struggle. There's a strife. There has been for years. That burdens me. That's very sorry. I'm very sorry about that. Very sad about that. And we prayed for this man this past Monday. We will continue to do so. I'm praying if his father is does not know Christ as Savior, I'm praying that he would come to know Christ before he steps over into eternity. But maybe you're struggling with a relationship today. My prayers that what we talk about will be a help to you. Grab your Bibles. Go to the first book of the Bible. Easy to find, okay? The book of Genesis, chapter 13. While you do that, before we jump into Scripture, let me tell you about a gospel tract. I have in my hand a gospel tract titled, Freedom in Forgiveness. Did you know there is freedom in forgiveness? Did you know that Jesus loves you, that he's forgiven all your sins? If you need help today, if you need someone to talk to, I'd love to talk to you. I'm going to give you a text number that you can call. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, that you can text today. Don't call it because it doesn't take calls. It's only for texts, okay? I want you to text this phone number. You ready? 309-316-7240. One more time. It's 309 316 Seven two four zero. Now, if you do need to call, that's totally fine. I'll give you another number, and the announcer at the conclusion of this program will give it to you again. I'll give it to you one one time. If you need to call three zero nine eight two eight sixty eight. 88. If you would like to order some gospel tracks, you can call in and do that, or you can go to BibleTracksInc.org. This particular gospel track titled Freedom and Forgiveness. It was written by a friend of mine, Brother Paul Peruki, Pastor Paul Peruki. He's a pastor up in Michigan, but he's had just about every occupation known to man, it seems like, if you talk to him. He was a missionary for over a dozen years in Eastern Europe, now a pastor, and he was saved out of a life of sin and loss and alcohol and drugs and God saved him and gave him freedom in forgiveness. This gospel tract, Freedom and Forgiveness, we've seen multiple people come to know Christ just in the past few days as a result of this gospel tract. So if you have questions about it, visit BibleTracksInc.org. We'd love to send some to you today. 
In your Bibles, the book of Genesis, chapter 13, let me back up and give some context for you. We won't won't read the first 11 verses of Genesis 13 at this moment, but realize that Lot and Abram, or realize I'll use Abraham and Abram interchangeably today and this week, but Lot is Abram's nephew. That means Abraham is his uncle. But they're both very rich men. There's limited grazing land for their cattle. There's limited number of wells for them to water their flocks. And so there's strife between the herdsmen, the employees of Abram, and the herdsmen of Lot. And this causes Abraham to make a decision. Now, understand this. Abraham, when he offered Lot the choice between going east or west, left or right, you pick one way, Lot, I'll go the other. That was a countercultural moment for Abraham. This is a patriarchal society that they live in. It would have been well within Abraham's rights, I believe, for him to tell Lot what he was going to do. And Lot just would have had to put up with it. But Abraham didn't do that. He gave Lot a choice. May I counsel you? Young people, people, maybe you're around my age, or maybe you're younger, maybe you're in your 20s, or maybe you're in your teens. When given these potentially life-changing choices, I'm going to ask you to do something, something I mentioned yesterday. I'm going to ask you to ask a lot about the greener grass and ask him how it really turned out for him at the end of the day. We're going to look today at what deceived Lot. What twisted his sense of morality, his sense of right and wrong so drastically? You see, what happens is Lot sees a well-watered plain, the green grass over by Jordan. He also sees a city called Sodom, another one called Gomorrah, and he decides, I'm going that way. He leaves his uncle with second best, and he chooses a well-watered plain. And not only does he choose that area, but he also pitches his tent He also points his direction towards a place called Sodom. Even those of you that have never been in Sunday school, you've never cracked the spine on God's word, the Bible. You probably know that Sodom and Gomorrah is synonymous with evil. And the real Sodom and Gomorrah, the original item, oh, it was wicked. It was evil. Magnificent? Beautiful? Oh, probably. Likely. Think about this. When they pitched their tent towards Sodom, what did that mean? That means that every time the Lot family woke up, Lot walked out of his tent, first one up in the morning. He had business to conduct, and he probably thought, ooh, there's probably some good business opportunities over there in Sodom. I wonder if we should move over there. And then his wife woke up, and she had to make breakfast and things, and she probably thought, ah, I bet there's good shopping over there in Sodom. And then the kids woke up and they probably thought, I wonder what the schools are like over there. I wonder if there's somebody I can date or marry over there in Sodom. I wonder if the girls are beautiful and the men are handsome. I wonder, I wonder. What deceived Lot and his family, though? First of all, today, I'd like to point out that I believe Lot's eyes deceived him. Genesis chapter 13, verse 10. Find your place there for just a moment. Genesis 13, 10. And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere. Before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. I love how God puts that in there. It was beautiful before. Even as the garden of the Lord, the Bible, God's word, describes Sodom and Gomorrah, it looked so nice that it looked like the Garden of Eden. 
like the land of Egypt, as thou comest under Zoar. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east. And they separated themselves the one from the other. Lot and Abram separate themselves. What did Lot see? Oh, he saw something with his eyes. You know, I was thinking about the way Lot's life ended. Now, we'll have to wait a few days to unpack really how this all ended up for Lot, but can I tell you, it wasn't pretty. His family, his career, his ministry, his wife fatally ends up dying. He's separated from her forever. His children, oh, that relationship wasn't very good. If Lot could go back and make a different decision, if he could have changed in the, if he could go back from the point when he had completely made shipwreck of his life, was a spiritual casualty, if he could go back and do it all over again, would he have done so? I, I believe he would have. I think he would have, would have considered a drastic decision, maybe so far as to maybe put out his own eyes, if it meant not ending his life the way he did. Can I tell you, friend, to see the end from the beginning, you got to make sure not to let your eyes deceive you. We'll come back to this in just a moment. You know, how like us is it though, like Lot, to leave the will of God because something looks better? Maybe not just a little bit better, maybe a lot better. Now, we have the time, so let me unpack this. The Bible very specifically says that that area, the the plain of Jordan by Sodom and Gomorrah, it looked like the Garden of Eden, like the land of Egypt. Now, where did Lot get a taste for Egyptian things? Think about this. A man named Abraham, Abram, his uncle, took him to Egypt. Was that family, was that extended family supposed to be in Egypt? Uh, No, Abraham went there because of a famine. And Abraham almost messed up his life and his relationship with his wife because of some half-truths or some lies that he told. And at the same time as Abraham is making mistakes in Egypt, he took family members, a young man named Lot. I don't know if Lot was married at the time. I don't know if he was even much more than much more than a teenager at the time. I don't know when they were in Egypt. But I do know that Lot got a taste for all things Egyptian. And when he saw that well-watered plain of Jordan, when he saw the area around Sodom and Gomorrah, when he saw the metropolitan area of Egypt, he looked at Sodom. And he thought, ooh, I remember what that was like. I've got a taste for this. I want to go there. Dad, Mom, could I counsel you? Could I encourage you to be very careful where you take your family? Because you have no idea what sort of tastes you're giving your children and extended family. What was it that deceived Lot? Well, his eyes deceived him. And very quickly, his esteem deceived him. You see, when Lot saw that city and he saw the business opportunities, he saw the money-making possibilities, I wonder if he imagined how quickly he would end up sitting in the gate of the city, in the main concourse, where business was conducted in that culture, because that is where he ended up. Everyone in Sodom knew Lot's name in a very short time after he arrived there. He was a bigwig. He was a big shot. He was somebody. He was something. And Lot wanted that, I believe. He had the world on a string, sitting on a rainbow, as the chairman of the board used to sing. He was a rich man, as we know. Whether he was on some sort of council, city council, whether he was mayor of the city, we don't know. But we do know this. 
is that Lot was in the main concourse. He was sitting in the place of city government where business was conducted. That's where the angels, those two men per se, that came through the city, the ones that were there to save his family, that's where they found him. Can I tell you, not only his eyes deceived him, but his esteem deceived him. What does the Bible say? Only by pride cometh contention. Only by pride. Can I tell you, if you're crossways with your husband or your wife, could I dime out? Could I point out that maybe you have an issue with pride? Child, if you have a problem with your parent, maybe, just maybe, you have a problem with pride. If you have a problem with God, can I tell you, it's not God's pride that's causing a problem. We're going to revisit this. We're going to touch on this a little bit more in the coming days. Let me encourage you. Visit BibleTracksInc.org for more information about our ministry, but tune in every day this week right here on Bible Tract Echoes. I'm Mike McCurry, and I thank you for listening. Have a great day for His glory. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample booklet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 130, Dwight, Illinois, 60420. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.